Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. I have so much on my heart this evening. Help me, Father. I'm going to start by saying a few things. For the first time, I even wrote things down because I'm like, B3, you might get excited and start telling a story from Rugoma. So let's first, you know, deliver what's been on my heart. It's, very, it's, it's not often that I'm 100% sure of a message that God has placed on my heart when I've been asked to teach somewhere. What you may not know is that most times as I'm sitting there in the worship, God gives me the scripture and I step up. But this time... Almost as soon as I was told that I was going to teach at season 21, God gave me a word. And I remember the exciting thing was that on day one, Mose then came and literally said the exact title that God had given me for the teaching, which was like, Jeremy, just stand and say, God is confirming to you. But before I get into the word for tonight, I want to say a few things that God has put on my heart. God wants to change our prayers. God wants to change the kind of prayers we are praying. He says, ask and I'll give the nations to you. That's the kind of stuff he wants us to start praying for. Ask and I'll give the nations. He's a God who delivers nations into your hand. What is that issue that is on your list for season 21? He says, ask and I'll give the nations to you. The word that God placed on my heart that I gave to the team at Worship Harvest downtown on Sunday was, if you're praying and fasting in this season 21 for needs, you need to repent. Why? The Bible says that he has given you all things, not he will give you, that pertain to life and godliness. The Bible also says that it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of man, lest anyone should boast. And then he goes ahead and says that you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he has prepared beforehand, that you should not you should pray and fast for them, you should walk in them. If you're fasting right now, if you're going without food, so that God can notice you and give you a promotion, I don't know the kind of God you serve. If you are going without food so that you can get a spouse or so that you can parent, it means that our God is so limited and so stingy, we must even starve ourselves so that he recognizes that Do you see how ridiculous it is? That God who has given you everything by grace, he does not require you to pray and fast for him to give you. He already gave you. That this is a time for us to draw into him, to know him more, to hear his voice, to silence the flesh, to hear his plans for our lives, but not to say, Father, I have a list of requirements, which by the way, <sighs> Timothy, help me. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. These people might think I'm forging things. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Put it up for me. Do you know why? This is a scripture that I found years ago that just disturbed me very much and then I decided that my prayers were going to change because it was quite confusing 
Let's read together. I know that whatever God, huh? whatever God, what? Not whatever God will do. Not so. Whatever God does, it shall be. Continue. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. Next verse, slowly. That which is has already been. And what is to be has already and God requires an account of what is past. Ladies and gentlemen, what do these things mean? It means that you right now are living in God's past. Everything up to the day of your death is in God's past. According to Psalm 139, the Bible says that all the days ordained to you were written in his book before one of them began. God is not in shock that you're not yet married. God is not in shock that you're having a certain trouble in your body. He saw it and took care of it. And in fact, you died and you're seated together with him in heavenly places. You won the victory. You overcame sickness and lived up to 100 years. Do you understand? But So what is, is that right now you're in God's past. You're in God's past. Your future is God's past. Your present is God's past. Things already happened and he finished them. Therefore, you do not have to worry. You do not have to go without food that God might provide something. Why? It is in his past. What he wants you to do is ask for the nations in your future that he may give them to you. And oh, if you look in the Bible over and over when nations went to war and they went to God, he'd say to them, I have given you the victory. Go and fight because I have given you the victory. That does not make sense. How can God say, I have won the victory, go and fight? Christ taught here on the fight of faith. The good fight of faith, that the fight we have is to contend with worry, to contend with things that come against the word of God. But we must be assured of what is true. God has already won. So when you go to battle knowing you already have the victory, how do you fight? Do you fight wondering what the outcome will be? Do you fight saying, let's not eat, you never know what could happen, we might eat and God doesn't come through. You go in saying, we already have you. Come, bring your worst, because our God has already won the victory. I don't know what you're facing right now or what things have been on your list, but you need to go tonight and speak to that list and say, I already overcame you. I have a word for this issue. I have a word for this issue. It is done, I'm not going to go minding my own business. I'm going to go about my father's business because he already won. Here is the thing. You, if you do not have an expectation of good from God, if you expect nothing from God, it's as good as not believing in God at all. So I want you to understand, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have an expectation of God. But that expectation should not be from desperation or from fear or from societal pressure. It should be from something that you found in the word of God that you say that belongs to me and I am taking it by faith. We must have an expectation because if we don't, then our God is a poor God. You know those uncles when you were young, I don't know about you, but when they would come, you'd know certain good things have come. You know my children when I show up, I've even told them first to greet me. Mommy, what have you brought? Like, there's an expectation. Mommy cannot just come. Karabo will cry and say, Mommy, there's a sweet in the bag. Get it out. Like, even if it's not there, there's a sweet. Why? When Mommy comes, she always has sweets. Unfortunately, there are adults also in this house who always believe I have candy in my bag. And when I don't, they are offended. How can you not have a sweet? I'm like, wow. 
But there are things, like when you come to the presence of your father, the Bible says that he daily loads us with benefits. Not he daily trickles co benefits. Daily loads us with benefits. There is a lot of benefits waiting for you. So you must have an expectation from God. Dreaming small dreams. The Bible says that he who comes to God should believe that he is, first of all, he is God and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Dreaming small self-centered dreams is a sign that we do not know the God we serve. And we do not know who we are. If we know the God we serve, our dreams cannot be a promotion this year. Really? That story that Mose told of a person who went to visit a guy who had how many billions of dollars and the, and the guy asked him, what would you like me to do for you? It's a true story. And the guy asked for $1,000. Those are like, that's the same thing. Like you, they take you before Bill Gates and say, make a request. You say, Bill Gates, I want to rent. Rent for just six months, man. Just six months rent. And they what? Eh? Brother Bill and maybe a green card to America. Do you understand? When you look at the requests that you've been making of God right now, are they God-like requests? Where you say it and God is like, now you know who you are, my child. When they told you how many people are you going to lead to Christ, did you put a number which you can accomplish? Five. Five. Lord, if I can do five, okay, I've never done zero. Five. Five. And you're there bringing it before God. You can do that without him. Put a number which also you look at and cover. Nobody should see this, Lord. But Father, in your strength, 1,000. Through me, only me, one like this. And God is like, now you're talking. Do you understand? Quit small dreams. Our God is bigger. Creation awaits for the sons of God to arise and take our place. And we are here praying for a plot of land this year. Praying for a spouse this year. Really? Really? Really, guys? Really? That's what Soraya says. Really, really, really? Soraya is my daughter, with whom I'm well pleased. You need to go home tonight and look at your requests and first laugh until you cry. <laughs> oh, what was I thinking? Anyway, Lord, let's now tell me, Lord, what would you like me to ask of you? He even suggests what to ask. That kind of stuff. God tells you now, ask me for this and I'll give it to you. Can you imagine someone who says, Amina, ask me for two million and I'll give it to you. And then you're like, ah, me 500K is enough. Stupid. Not Amina is not stupid, but that sort of person. God suggests ask for nations. And guess what? I'll give them to you. He's not saying I'll think about it. I receive nations in the name of Jesus. Guys, when you go to the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, the, 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 the words that come out of God's mouth come out over and over and over throughout scripture. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, have dominion. Can you imagine? He says that to Adam and Eve. He says it to Noah after the flood. He says it to Gundi, Abraham. Says it to Isaac. Says it to Jacob with different words. Then says to us that we are sons of Abraham. We've inherited. Through us, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Be fruitful. Multiply. Have dominion. Subdue. Is your business idea for subduing the earth? Or it's to take care of just your current situation? Lord, if I can make 15 million this year. You're a child of the living God. You're not from that lineage, my friend. In your lineage, people have owned things. You guys. Go look at the 
life of Abraham and then Solomon, very annoying. Today we're looking at the thing Solomon ate in one day. One day like this, daily portions, 30 heads of cattle. Just one day, day in the household. 20 range fed for those who like uh, details and cattle that has eaten real grass. Then the ones which are fed over by what, 10 of them daily. Then extras. Then over how many, over how many 6,000 kilos of flour. Then, eh? And miscellaneous food, fauzi, what? Bolirunaku. In one week, the guy has eaten the GDP of a country. Fetuli wano, father, that you may give me 20 million. 20 million shillings. Shillings. You don't need to ask God for that one. God, do it on yourself. Take him out of it. If you're going to come before God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, let's bring before him requests that are godly. And you know what is godly? Requests that are about the kingdom of God. God is not trying to build your kingdom and my kingdom. God is working on his kingdom. And it is impossible for you to be going about the kingdom of God and not prosper. Absolutely impossible. I've not yet started the message. I am like my father. You know who does these things? Yeah. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. If this is our God, when we struggle with obedience, we lack revelation. And we have a serious lack of trust in the character and nature of God. Because our God is a giver. If you struggle with obeying a simple instruction of give me that 200k. Or when we come and say arise and build, you're like, I'll think about it. You do not know the God you serve. Because if you did, you would be like, you know, we've been listening to a teaching with Jeremy where they say that we have heavenly accounts, you guys. Let me tell you, Zecha, I have been a giver, but I don't know something has now broken. Because you know what? You know how you invest on earth? There's, because there's earthly investment, you need to invest here. There are storehouses, but there's a heavenly account that is talked about in the Bible where moth cannot... So when you give money to God, how do you give it to God? To the ministry, to the poor, and just sowing seeds in obedience as he tells you. That is you saying, Father, you are a good investor. Have some of my money, invest it in heaven. Where the economy, you people, where the economy, that's why he says some of them are very hard-hearted, at least I'm paying 10%. Stand Kirao. At least I'll invest the 10%, bring back a thousand, a thousand percent. Can you imagine that every time you give to God, you're saying, I trust you to invest on my behalf. And then he says it will come back. Good measure. Press down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give to your bosom? Don't think these things Mosiah is talking about are just magic. Auntie, he's the pastor. Look, he has been a pastor for 13 years. I know him personally. People are not always giving him money. And he's a very generous man. But you see, he has been sowing for so many years that now what's happening is that good measure pressed down. I tell you, it started properly. Running over, shall men give? So be a good receiver. Don't be those people who, no, 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 please don't mention it. Mention it. Mention it. I am a money magnet. Of course, I expect men to give to my bosom. If they are not, something is wrong. But let me tell you, you cannot withdraw where you have not deposited. You can't, how many of you go to the bank and say, I don't have an account here, but I want money. 
Then when they refuse, they say, I'm going to change banks, you change banks, go to another church. You will not withdraw where you have not deposited. God does not promote theft. Ooh, I'm touching some sacred cows. Hey, I'm shaking the drinks table. Hey. Mm. God wants you to prosper. God wants us to prosper worship harvest. Don't be the person who is left behind, who is there just looking at people's testimonies and saying, anyway, one day when I have money. No, you have what you have now. Give. Let each one give. Each one. God wants you to prosper. He is so committed to your prosperity to the point of death. He sent his son to die that you may have life in its fullness. What more do you need? If there is a hardness of heart, we do not know the character of God. We do not know the God we serve. We do not know who we are. He is not shocked by your current state of affairs. But instead of trying to solve the issue, pursue God. Pursue revelation. Submit to him. Do not panic. Because if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the fruit of the land. Isaiah 1.19 says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the fruit of the land. Change your picture of God. Change your image of God. Change your reasons for fasting if they were about issues. Understand that he already solved them. Because in his realm, there is no time. 2020, 2021. He solved that issue. So you can't pray about it until three years later. Because guess what? It gets solved two years later. It gets solved one year later. But while we are here, we rejoice. Why? We know it's solved. God is committed to your prosperity. The word on my heart for tonight. <laughs> you know these days when Mosai is teaching, I don't know when the sermon started, when it ended. So there are no slides tonight, my friend. We can't do slides. That message on my heart, I don't even know what the proper title is. But it's total surrender. You know how Mosai came and gave a word to do that God wants full access? Total surrender slash obedience slash the root of extraordinary faith slash the real one I like the power of dead men I like it today I'm going to talk to you about dead men until you want to be dead you know Jesus Tell your neighbor, fa. Tell your neighbor, die. Some of you are like, oh, I'm not going to proclaim a death. I can't proclaim a death. Anyway. The main text I'm going to use today. I'm going to first put it up, then I'm going to tell Timo to remove it, and we first talk to Waye. Then we shall come back. John 12 from verse 24. Now, <laughs> just put it up. John 12, 24. 
together, together. This is Jesus speaking before he's arrested and taken to the cross. Together. Most assuredly. Now, just stop there. Every time you see those words, most assuredly. Jesus could not swear. He was trying to find the strongest words possible. He could have said, Agawalai. Ah, ah, swear upon the living God. But he couldn't swear. So every time you see verily, verily, or, or most assuredly, just know that Jesus is not saying, most assuredly, I said to you. No, he's like, most assuredly, like, I promise you, I want your attention because what I'm about to say is so critical and it is powerful. Does he have your attention? Most assuredly, I said to you, comma, uh-huh. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and it remains, but if it, it produces, first stop there. Now, you might think he's teaching them about agriculture, like these guys don't like sowing seeds, so he's telling you guys, if you don't sow wheat, the season is coming, the grains have to die. No, 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 no. Let's continue and see context. Mm -hmm. Verse 25. He who loves his life will mama nyabo. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it. Continue, please, last verse. If anyone serves him, let him do what? It's like Jesus is saying, look, if you want to be mine, be mine. You can't say, Lord, I'm, I surrender all. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. <laughs> Don't touch my word, it, Lord. But every breath that I take. Wow. You are willing to give him your life, but not the wallet. It's not true. He's saying, if anyone serves me, let him do what? Let him do what? And some of the places Jesus goes are dangerous, you guys. Comma, where I am, there my servant will be. If anyone serves me, oh, he, my father, will honor. Guys, when God honors you, the world notices. When, let me tell you, if Museveni went on national TV today and mentioned my name, there is a girl called Beatrice Yemans, short, short, more like this. Huh? You people, you should give her business. If you give her business, I, I, I like her very much. Actually, people who like her, I like them. Let me tell you. I will need to change numbers. I will get security, what? The president. Now, when Jesus says that, the one who serves me. When David stands up and says in Psalm 23, verse 6, that goodness and mercy pursue me. The other word, hunt me down and overtake me all the day. The man had a revelation that because he had chosen to give his life to the Lord in service to him, because you see, David did not choose to be king, God chose David. But many of us here have already chosen our career path for life. No consultations to God. Oh, Lord, don't talk to me, Lord. You know, for me, since I was a baby, this is the path. Hey, who told you? The Bible says there is a path that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. Oh, I'm shaking the table tonight. Guys, let's go back to verse 24. Unless, I had to search what was the word unless mean in the dictionary. I don't go to your phones, only me. Unless, 
The word unless is a conjunction. Eh? Mubuze Angela yabimanyibyo. Which means except if it is used to introduce the case in which a statement being made will not be true or valid. Like unless this thing happens, the other one can't. Says that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and does what? Boat of food day, you remain alone. It's okay, you can live your life, I can live my life, God will bless us, we'll be there, in fact we'll be amazed, but our testimonies will sound like what people work hard to achieve. You understand? People who don't know Jesus work hard, they achieve the same things you're testifying about, they're like, yeah, 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 that's good to know. I've worked hard and I've achieved it in a shorter time than your good testimony. You will be alive and you will stay alone. But he says when, when it falls to the ground and dies, I went and researched about germination. I had to go and research on germination and I found out that as in a seed is all the food that a plant needs in a seed. All the food of the plant is in the seed. But that seed must first be planted deep in the ground where no one can see it. Some of you right now are in that state where you're in obscurity and you're binding it. In 2021, you're praying against loneliness. Kumbe, God is using it to first take you in the ground, build roots, kill you, once he has killed you, you're ready to sprout and produce much fruit. I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not willing to die, you're not willing to be fruitful. Simple. There is no fruit unless a seed dies. There is a problem. First take off that scripture. Let us first talk a little bit. There is a problem with men who are alive. I, I am alive in some areas of my life, but I'm committed to dying. There are areas in my life that are still alive. Men who are alive are concerned with their lives. Eh? Every day is about, this is not getting fixed yet. Are you alive? Are you alive? Alive. Alive. Make a small life. They consult their passions to find purpose. I think my passion is... Um, what? Pampeo something. Is singing. So they are ushering here. It's not my calling generally. Meanwhile, God is telling you, I want you to stand at that door every day. Be the first to come at 6 a.m., clean the chairs. In there is something that is supposed to be released to you. You're like, that's not my passion. Men don't even like people. Hugging, hugging. Wow. Only alive. Let me tell you, how many of you have seen a man in the Bible who came to God and said, did, did you hear Moses saying, yes, Lord, that's my passion, rescuing people. He argued when God like, no, you're a mighty man of valor. say, my passion is courage. My passion is war. Yes, Lord, you have found me. I've been praying and seeking you to finally shine a light on me. Dead men are the ones who are fruitful. Some of us are too alive for God to speak into any situation in our lives. We are directing God. He's wondering, so who is the Lord in your life? Because you bring your plans and say, Lord, this is how 2020 is going to go. Now bless it. Wow, congratulations. Because you alone know the plans you have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you an expected end. Good, good job. When was the last time you came and said, Father, I will not stop until you tell me 2020 what you want me to do. Where do you want me to serve? Which kingdom matter is on your heart for me? Should I stay at this job, Lord? Do you still need me here? Where do you need me to go, Father? Who should I serve? Who should I rescue? Who should I bring into the kingdom? Oh, is it Father? It's 
been five years of waiting. That wedding has to happen this year. Lord, Lord, by December, if there's no wedding, wow, who died and made you, Lord? I said, I'm shaking the table tonight. Alive men are self-centered even in their prayers. Everything is about us when we are alive. Because you must fix your life. Alive men are easily offended. Very easily offended. Someone just says, hmm, have you become light-skinned? What are you saying? You think I'm bleaching? Hey, what is it? Hey, mama. Every time someone is preaching, you're like, someone must have told B3 to come and teach that thing. That exact example she used is a conversation I had with her in private. Now she's bringing it in. Easily offended. Alive people are too busy to consult God. They are busy. They have no time for prayer. Because you know what? They alone know the plans they have for themselves. They can't trust God. He's not trustworthy. They trust themselves and their plans to be so good. But they're like, I trust the Lord. You don't. Alive people want to be like other, want to be liked by other people. They are, this one was one of my alive places, you people. I was paralyzed by opinions of people. By the time I would make a decision, eh? even it's, I don't know what, I didn't even know who I was eventually. What am I? What do I like? Because if I like you and I realize that you like this, also me, I like it. Then I am, I come, I tell you something about Angela, then I go to Angela and I tell her something about you because I want all of you to be my friends, but then I don't know how to, I want, like, I was just, um, and then I hated myself for it. Like, some of you opinions of me, you cannot make a decision unless uncle so-and-so signs against it. So the real Lord in your life is uncle so-and-so. It's not God. You're dead to God and alive to that uncle. My husband has to approve. No, there is a Lord of Lords. Your husband is Lord, but there is a Lord of the Lord. I know Akoma. There are places where you, you need to, to set out a man of God. My husband, Daddy. Daddy, I honor you and I respect you, but with all due respect, I have a word from the Lord on that matter. When you are ready, Tata, you find me, but I honor you, my man of God. Let me tell you. Dead men are the ones who can produce fruit. Alive men have no room in their budgets for God. They have budgeted. So when there's an arise and build, budget. If a figure drops, standing, the devil is a liar. Disorganizing my clear plan for 2020. 2020. I have a budget. I want you to know that. I have income streams targets, but there is room for God to say, all your savings, bring them to me. Why? They are not mine. I died. In that area, Nafa. You see, dead men don't have inheritances. Eh? Dead men don't run bank accounts. They don't. Men who are alive hold grudges and unforgiveness. dead men. You might think Bethany found a stress scripture in the Bible, and she has come this to just come and disorganize my plans. No, Galatians two twenty. 
Galatians 2:20 Timothy take wao wa guru turabe Mm together uh, <laughs> eh, uh, tell me that first sentence <laughs> Some of you have refused to read the Lord be with you that is a clear fallow ground hardness of heart read it with me in faith that Lord you are working mm-hmm. I have been continue it is no longer I <laughs> but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself guys you know what this means Wafa. the day you received Christ as your Lord and Savior you died and Christ came alive in you but some of us have suffocated Jesus so much he tries to speak he tries to talk Holy Spirit, you are suffocating the Lord. He wants to come alive in you. I have been crucified. It is no longer I who lives. So the life I live, every bank account I own belongs to Jesus Christ. I don't own it. I own it on behalf. I just ask him, Lord, this money we've saved, where do you want to put it? Your money, Lord. The husband I have belongs to the Lord. The wife you have belongs to the Lord. The children belong to the Lord. Every land you own belongs to the Lord. You don't own. Every land you're a steward of belongs to the Lord. Every house belongs. Some of you built that Kawan house with two bedrooms. If God dares to say, give it away, you say, Lord, blood. Blood must be spirit. Blood must be spirit. Eh? I go back to renting. Do you guys know we live in a house, my husband and I? A big, beautiful, four-bedroomed house with extra rooms outside, with the security systems, with, I don't know, gardens that someone built, finished, they're even still paying a mortgage for. But God told them to give it to us. They are now renting and we are living in it. The day they gave us that house, we could not even talk to each other. Jeremy and I were like, who does this? But those are people who live with an open hand like this. They were crying and saying, what an honor. What a privilege that God would allow us to participate. We are like, Lord, you know what that did to us? We own everything we own. We know belongs to God. If God today said, give away that land, I want to ask you, is there something in your life right now which you would say, Father, that one, uh uh-uh. Don't even talk, Lord, don't talk. If it is there, you're not yet dead in that area. And God today wants to shine a light on those areas because, guys, remember how I started, God is committed to your prosperity. There is, if there's a relationship you're holding on to, do you think God is telling you to let it go because he doesn't want you to get married? You cannot be with the one he wants you to be with if you're still with this one. Why would God tell you don't cohabit, get married? He's protecting you. No parent who loves their child says, let me send you to school so that you, I frustrate you. Mm. How do I frustrate Angela, my daughter? Send her to Gayaza High School. Do you understand? A loving parent, everything they do, even when it's misguided, is for your benefit. And God cannot be misguided. Can you trust him? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives. Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. You see, Jesus demonstrated it first. He died that he may bring many sons to glory. If Jesus had loved the comfort of heaven and refused to die, you and I would still be Gentiles out of the covenant of God. But because he died, we have full access to God. God has withheld nothing from you and I. Why are we withholding things from him? 
Why is your money unsubmitted to God? Tonight God is talking about money a lot. Because there is a word on this house for financial prosperity. And he is so desperate that none of us are left behind. Why should others testify? Why do you sit back and continue to live your small insignificant life that looks significant to others? So what if you made $100,000 last year? Do you know what God has in store for you to lend to nations? No one lends to nations with $100,000. He has more. But you must let go so that you can receive what he has for you. My goodness. 2 Corinthians 6.20 like to some scripture. 1 Corinthians 6.20 Timothy Ntwara. 1 Corinthians 6.20 Father you love us. Thank you. For you were bought at a price. Someone read with me. For I was bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Let me tell you God bought you. Have you ever found slaves who have been bought? They are at the will of their master. And we are, for us, we're not even slaves. I've ever been, you're like, I'm a slave of Biamanzi, as in, ah, man loves me so well, I'm your slave because it's so good. There are places where it is better to work as a slave in a house of someone than to be a CEO. Do you understand what I mean? This is the king of kings, the lord of lords. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. All silver and gold belong to him. Can you imagine, you guys, can we comprehend these things that every dime in this world belongs to God? He can transfer it to you if you needed it for the kingdom. In Deuteronomy 1.18, it says that you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is him who gives you the power to make wealth come, that he may establish his covenant. It's not about us. God wants us to start thinking about his kingdom and all these things will be added to us. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right standing with God and all these things will be added to you. He says that the things we worry about, the non-believers worry about them. You can't be praying and fasting for children. If you spoke over your womb, God anointed that womb. Start planning for the children. Start naming them. But move on. Start taking care of the kingdom of God. There is more than children. You see, children will come and go. Will you be remembered as someone who mothered two children? Congratulations. God has more for you. But you must die. Romans 8, 7 to 8. So that you don't say B3. Romans 8, 7 to 8. Because the carnal mind is what? It's what? It's bad manners against God. When you say someone is your enemy, guys, do you enjoy being around them? Like when you see your enemy coming, you're like, <laughs> that's what I've been waiting for all day. Come give me a hug. You, you, I mean, some of you don't have enemies. Some of us don't. So we can't even comprehend it. But that the carnal mind, the mind that is focused on self and on what you can do, let me fast so that God can move. Let me do this so that God can do this. We think God is so mean and hard-handed. We have to twist him. That thing is an offense to God. Imagine if you found your children planning how to make daddy give us yogurt. Like you guys, you know what you do? Cut yourself, let there be some blood. When you come, you roll on the floor. Now for me, let me see what I can do. Oh, maybe about, huh? Bash my head. Then, eh? We clean the house. We make sure that the daddy, because we want two yogurts. Would you be as a father be like, what wonderful. These children really know how much I love them. 
you know, they cut themselves, banged their heads on walls, and even cleaned the house so that I could give them two yogurts like this. It's an offense. When you find out that your child went and maybe misused their life because they thought you couldn't take care of them or they couldn't ask you for something, it breaks your heart. It breaks God's heart when you insist on a relationship which he has clearly said in his word, stay away. Why would you insist on dating someone who's not under the authority of God? If they're not under the authority of God, they're under the authority of that devil. That's your father-in-law. So you go, how, yes! Yes! So now you go, Father, Lord God, Lord God, Father. He's like, ah, sweetheart, not under my line, not under my line, but I will help you. I'll give you strength to persist, but not under my line. Tell you, tell you, he's not submitted. She's not submitted. So he will wipe the tears from your eyes. He will give you comfort. He will surround you with friends. He will give you strength of character until that person comes into the fold. Is that what you want to put yourself under? Because you are so desperate. The clock is ticking. Which clock? Your children of Sarah and Abraham whose wombs were considered dead. Oh, but they believed God. And when it was against all hope, he delivered on his promise. Have you asked God, what is your word? Who says there is a clock? There's a lady called Sinach who has influenced worship right now in Africa. She got married at the age of 41. Had her first child at 46. Who told you that there is time up? Do you know that the amount of mountains she has moved in this world right now with the gift that she has given to God? There is more to life than marriage and relationships. In fact, there is no marriage in heaven. but he's protecting me from all the fake ones. Do you know how many people are lining up to marry princesses and princes? But in your head, you think you're, oh, about damaged goods. Lord, anybody, somebody. No, he will not answer that prayer. He's not according to his will. Your royalty. Arise. Faith is rooted in knowing who you are and who God is. So dedicate your life this year to knowing who God is and understanding who you are. And you will walk with your held head held high, regardless of situations. There's a time after God had asked me to leave my job and my husband and, 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 and Kamara had started their company. I left my job at the time our general paycheck at the end of the month when we put our money together would be like maybe 10 or 11 million with my husband. When I quit my job, our salaries together would come to about 2.1 million. And God had asked me to come to worship harvest. And he had given me a word that he would prosper us financially. Big time. Now I thought, as soon as I quit, 
let the floodgates happen. I remember going through a time for two weeks when our maid paid, bought us food. What we would do? We would get the money we are paid, parent, Jeremy's salary after tithe could not parent, and then we pay the maids, and then some school fees, Gatudi could drip. We moved from a bigger house to a smaller one, and the enemy started to whisper. But I remember I would get so angry, pick my Bible, and I would speak back to him. The Lord shall supply all my needs according to the riches in his riches in heaven. God is opening the double doors of his blessings. Oh my God, the vaults of heaven are open. I have been here. I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Let me tell you, it's like. I was, I was in the will of God. I can't explain to you. I was happier. And my, our nanny at the time got born again in those two weeks. And she told me why. She said, I watched you people. You're so happy. You've never complained. Would come home and say, Mugaga, And I was not feeling like, oh my God, I'm small. Oh my, why would you let circumstances dictate who you are? Oh, he has learned how to be at peace with plenty and with hope. And he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can abound in little. I can abound with much because things don't own me. Possessions don't own me. I'm simply a steward. Lord, you can move me and the world thinks is a demotion. What they don't know is that the seed has fallen to the ground. It is dying only to come up and bear much fruit. You look at testimonies like the one Jeremy posted and you're probably thinking, eh, mama, pastors. No. I remember one time, I, and Vasta and I, I think we used to put our husbands aside and say, but this nomad, when will we start reaping some benefits? We've made enough sacrifices. <laughs> Eight years later, you see testimonies like that, wow, 39 million in one week, and people are like, eh, mama. As in God has his hand upon you, you too. However, that seed fell to the ground and died. And we had to hold on to the word of God and keep telling people how for us we are prosperous. We lack no good thing. And let me tell you guys, we've reached a point where, and yet I think we are just beginning to prosper. But you understand, where you're sort of like, um, I'm a bit shy, should we tell everybody, let's tell a few people. What will people think? No, we will make his praise glorious. shillings. That is too small a price to pay for the treasure invested on the inside of me. I refuse to give up my life on the altar of money and possessions and so should you. Colossians 3.3 so then, then, then I continue and finish not yet really, I'm lying. Colossians 3.3 together. Oh, Somebody shout that out. For you died and your life is hidden with You guys, have you heard? Yes. wafa. R.I.P. Rip. B3 died. Let me tell you, me. Maybe some of you have such good lineages you want to hold on. I do not want to be eh, associated too much. I died. And then my life is hidden 
in Christ, in God. When the devil sees, he sees God. But for you, you're walking around thinking, I'm a 41-year-old girl waiting on the Lord for a spouse. I bind! You're the seed of Abraham. You're an heir according to the promise. You are a powerful influencer. God has so many sons and daughters pegged to your destiny, waiting for you to wake up to your true calling in the kingdom of God. I'm just a, someone who has been at a job for five years. Have you asked him why you are at that job? I could never take a job unless God told me that's where you should be. And I would ask him, Father, is the time up? Time is up. All right. Makes no sense to anyone. I understand you, Father. It means that you have something better. Do you know that me, I had no passion for teaching. I had no, in my world, honestly, I didn't say I had a gift for teaching. I had no dream of teaching. I had no nothing. But when I submitted myself to the authority of Mose, I knew that whatever he told me to do, I would have to do. And of course, I made the mistake of telling him, this year, anything you tell me to do, I would do. He said, great, you're going to preach. I said, no, not that one. Not that one. I can't preach. But some of you think that you will find out by what? doing classes, going for a course, I don't know what, submit to authority. There are things that the people who lead you see that you will never see. And while I was there leading worship, hanging around Mose, going from here to here, the next thing I knew, I am in the, guys, I can't explain to you the joy of knowing that I'm in the perfect will of God. I, since I joined worship harvest, I don't remember a time when I'm like, Papa salary increment. When I was at the other job, I was complaining. My salary, it needs to be increased. Works, works. Now when you're in the will of God, even if I'm you pay, and I'm paid well at worship harvest, but even, even if I wasn't, do you understand? I'm not there calculating a salary. How it needs to be increased, no. I know that my provision is not from a salary. It cannot be. That is too limiting. In fact, he has said that you work, that you may take care of those in need. Your entire salary is to take care of people in need. God takes care of you, and God is the best caretaker you'll ever have. You ask me. People start coming, giving you diapers for your children for a year, shopping what? Giving you clothes, paying your rent, living in a house that they built. Why? Because you've allowed God to be the one who takes care of you. You're like, Lord, this is your money. Where does it go? Some of us, the entire salary, there's no room. Temuli room. In fact, it's over budgeted. Like, ah, rent, what now? 10%? Okay, Lord, this year 10%, but... You know, today Moses made an illustration that disturbed me so much. He gave me the illustration about Adam, I mean Abraham and God, and how God made a covenant with Abraham. And how in those days, when you're going to make a covenant for Omukago, you would cut a haifa, a haifa, haifa, you've understood me, in half, put it there, and then you pass in the middle, both of you, to sort of swear a blood covenant. So God did that with Abraham, only that God is the one who passed through. And Abraham was put to sleep, which is, by the way, one of the things God told me to tell people here today. Relax. You understand? Even Adam, God first put him to sleep, then he made Eve. You know the funny picture in my head that I had the Holy Spirit tell me that if Adam had been awake, he could have ended up making Eve look like a lion. Because he thinks lions are beautiful. Let's design a man for her on the face. I know what's best for you. Zukuka, there is a wife. Hey, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Relationship, a full relationship. You're over interrupting my someone. Just submit. Where was I? Adam, Abraham. Apparently.
Currently, when you would make a covenant, what you would say to each other is, if I make a covenant with Mose, I would say that my children are now your children, your children are my children. All your possessions are mine, all mine are yours. If they fight you, I protect you. If they fight me, you protect me. Now guys, imagine God made a covenant with us. Everything he has is yours. I don't even want to say that everything you have is his. You understand, it's so unfair. But it's true, everything you have is his. Then, if they fight you, he protects you. He gives his angels charge over you. If they come against him, you protect him. Which protection? I just, I don't know. Tell you, it's one of those ridiculous covenants. Yet we go around suspecting God. Mm. Mm. Ah. Me, I can't give. Imagine that, that, that ridiculous example he used was that if, let's imagine, okay, so did I, Nakusente. So if he came and told you, B3, let's get in covenant. Everything I have is yours. And then he says, everything you have is mine. Then he tells you, ah, B3, could you give me one million shillings? <laughs> Man, Mr. Man, you think I'm stupid here. Meanwhile, you have access to all his things. That's how we are. He tells you, He's the one who gave it to you. Imagine I come and I give you my money. Solomon, this one million uh, shillings, you, you know, it's my money, but you hold on to it. Then I come and say, Solomon, I'd like 10% of my money. <laughs> Which you say, I gave you money. No, I tell you it's yours. Then I say, Solomon, I was asking for 100k. Do you have some 100k? I have just given you one million. You tell me, ah, I don't have money. Even if you turn me upside down, a coin can't fall out. Ah, I don't have money. Meanwhile, I just gave you a million shillings. I'm asking you for some 100k right now. You tell me, me, no money. Ah, never tested the shilling. That's how some of us are. God tells you, I've given you uh, 100,000. God, me. Eh. Allah, no money. But when I get money, I'll give you, you even fear. I've just given you, you're a thief. I turned around, I said, give me 10K. You told me, silly now. You've understood that word. How do you say it in Luganda? No. Eh, 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 like you turn me upside down and shake, shake me. Not even a hundred shillings coin can come out. Let me tell you about dead men. God is calling us to be dead men. Men who are dead are powerful. Dead men don't struggle with fear. Have you ever seen a dead body that is scared? They are going to throw me in the pit. You try to throw an alive man in a pit. You will go down together. Dead men don't contend with God. Dead men don't get offended, they don't get lonely, they don't get depressed. Dead men don't have plans for their future. Dead men don't get angry. Dead men don't feel. Do your worst to a dead man. Slap him, kick him, he will not feel a thing. Dead men don't own anything. They don't own properties anymore. They don't own jobs. They don't own houses. They don't own bank accounts. Dead men don't make decisions on what happens. They are the total mercy of another man. Dead men are in the hands of God, allowing him to move. Dead men are the easiest men for God to lead. He can just carry them and put them here. And say, now I put them here. Dead men are the easiest men for God to lead. Dead men scary to normal people. You're not going to find normal people hugging dead bodies. Do you understand? When you're a dead man, people start saying, but you're not being serious. You went to school and all that time after that you're saying that you should quit that job. It doesn't make any sense. 
Are you stupid? The man loves you. He wants to marry. He's just telling you to cohabit for three months. Don't be stupid, my sister. Dead men are scary to people who are normal. You're not supposed to be like the world. You are in the world, but you're not of this world. You are far. You died to the world. You're alive to God. So you're strange. Dead men are strange to the world. Dead men no longer have families. Otio. The families actually miss them, Bambi. Dead men leave an inheritance. They don't own one. Death is to fully trust God. Death is to have no agenda but the agenda of God. Death is to be at the mercy of another. Death is to be available to God. Death is to be fully submitted to God. Death is to be fully activated for increase. All the food that, that, let me tell you friends, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. If you're not willing to die, forget about greatness. At least in the eyes of God, what greatness looks like. The world may say you're great, but in your heart you will know that God had more for you. There is no fruitfulness without death. For a plant to grow, it must die, and the first thing it develops is roots. Get rooted in the love of God. Get rooted in relationship with the Father. Be an obedient son and daughter. Do what his word says. When the word is preached here, imagine it is God speaking, not Mose, not B3, not whoever preaches at your locations or in your mission or communities. Receive it as the very word of God. Take action on it. In fact, if you suspect that God might be speaking, take action on a suspicion. That's how you develop your hearing ear towards God. The Bible says, let those who have ears hear. It means some of us don't have ears to hear God anymore. Embrace death that God may live through you. Die to small dreams. Die to self-centeredness. Die to insignificant lives that look significant. Die to opinions of men. Because until you die, you cannot truly live. Only dead men can truly live victoriously over sin. Only dead men have capacity to produce fruit. Only dead men are fully available and surrendered to God and his will. A funny picture that God painted for me, I even laughed, was imagine two people, husband and wife, they are dead and they are married. Do you know that there is no conflict when you are both dead? How can you have conflict as dead bodies? Abafumbo to fail. Mind your business as a mufumbo. As a wife, die to offense. Die to um, insisting on how they should love you. Die to, you just submit to that man. Call him Lord like Sarah did. For you, send my love is from the lover of my soul. I'm going to submit to you until you're suspicious. He comes expecting an opinion. You say, yes, sir. Let's do it. He says, what's wrong with you? I'm a submitted woman. Okay, just tell me what you think. This is what I think, but I need you to know that I'm submitted to you. Whatever you decide, you will never hear me complain about it again. I trust your wisdom. Then you go to God and say, Tata. Tata, wampom right now. Yamba, yamba. Because you know what? God is not a God of confusion. He cannot tell you, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. And then he tells your husband to do something different from what he has told you. He's not a God of confusion. Maybe you feel that for you, you need to buy that plot of land, but your husband wants to buy a car. And you're saying, it's not wise. Sh tell him what you think as honorably as you can, then shut your mouth and go to God. Shut your mouth and go to God and say, no problem, let's buy the car. When he buys it, bite your tongue. Land is not finished in Kampala. Stop acting like God is a scarcity God. Submit to the man fully. 
and say, Father, I fear you and I'm going to submit to this man. And if he's a fool, he will become wise. Through your submission, not your advice. There is no scripture that says, Why women, wives, advise your husbands. Tell you. And I'm a wife and I'm a woman. It is not there. That's why marriages are falling apart. Emancipated. You go and be emancipated. But God is not going to be in your emancipation. He'll wait for you when you're ready to put yourself in the order of God. You'll say, He says, come let's reason together. If you're willing and obedient, wives, you will eat the fruit of the land. The man will start doing whatever you want. But first you must show him that you're a woman after the heart of God. Hallelujah! Some of you are like, okay, talk to the husbands. No, I'm talking to wives. women. We are there on Facebook posting, me, I can never wash the underwear of a man. If your husband wants you to wash underwear, what will happen? You're going to die. Wash it. You're a queen. We are dead. We are dead. Do you understand? The man wants you to serve him matoke and kneel down. Serve it every night in tongues and kneel down. And let me tell you, before you know it, he'll be building castles in your name. It is a deception. It is a lie from the pits of hell destroying families. Women, you think you're so strong and so wise, submit to those men. God is not a fool to tell you that you should submit to your husband as unto the Lord. The way you submit to God when he speaks is how you submit to your husband. Take your complaints to God in the secret place. Ask him for direction and watch and see what he will do. Without your involvement, you'll make things happen that you could never have done in your small wisdom. Oh, I'm preaching good. Oh, I'm preaching good. Demons are fleeing right now. Reconciliation is happening right now. We are invading the gates of hell right now. We are taking back what was stolen from us. riches of heaven. We will die to everything this world presents and be alive to the king of kings. Paul says I know who I have believed. Do you know who you have believed? And he says I am persuaded. Do you know why you persuade yourself in the place of prayer? You persuade yourself. Maybe you have children right now that are misbehaving. Go to the presence of God. I used to go and talk about one of my children who was giving me trouble and God told me, stop talking. Come to me. Because your children are taught of the Lord. And guys, I have seen a change in about two months that is ridiculous. Because I stopped prophesying death over my child with what I was calling venting. Stop that nonsense of venting. What's that? It's not even biblical. Venting what? In Psalm 141 verse 3, David writes and says, Put a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Your lips has a door. They have a door. You can choose to open or close. Tell God 
to keep watch over your mouth. Stop using your tongue to create death. Anyway, everything is about the kingdom of God. Saul had to die for Paul to arise. Gideon had a big army and God had to slash it down for God to be glorified. David had to die to his family and to his position of a last born in the family that was a shepherd for him to embrace being a king. Abraham had to die for Abraham to come alive. Abraham had to leave his family, his heritage, everything he knew and someone here today, you need to let go of my family, my family, my family. You think God doesn't know you have a family? Jacob had to die for Israel to emerge. Noah had to die to the opinions of men for God to save the world. For 125 years, Noah built a boat. Meanwhile, there had never been rain from heaven before that. Never. It used to come from the ground and water the earth. Never. Rain had never come from heaven. This man went around for 125 years saying, <laughs> God told me to build a boat. He's going to destroy it. God gave you a word. It's been six months you've given up. I'm not seeing it. Chaka God. I told people. First of all, who told you to tell people? When Mary conceived Jesus, did you ever see her telling anybody apart from Elizabeth? Some of you are going around killing your word, telling it to people who have no revelation whatsoever. So they tell you, you're being unrealistic. Wow. 125 years building a thing that God told you to build. 125 years building and building and people are laughing at you telling their children that man stay away from him eh? Eh, stay away it's been a hundred years now he's building that thing he's crazy that water is going to come from the sky just my children I don't want my children playing anywhere near that home I'm sure it was lonely there are things God has told you that have made you lonely but you see that's the seed falling to the ground under the ground is where roots are built we are praying for extraordinary faith. Die. Only the dead come back to life gloriously. You want to keep your life? You'll keep it. It will be small. God will love you. He'll welcome you into heaven. But you will have completely given up on the life he had in store for you. Which is about the kingdom of God. Fruitfulness requires death. What is a life today that is contending with God's purpose for your life? What must you kill tonight? Can you fully trust God with your life? Are you willing to lay it down? I'm going to read one more scripture and we'll be done. Mark 10 starts from verse 29. Mark 10 verse 29. So Jesus answered and said, you see that word again? Pay attention. He's saying something that he's swearing by. Assuredly, I say to you together, there is no one. There is what? Tell him to. There is what? No one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels. That's the kingdom business. Who shall not do what? and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. I like that God is honest. That you know, when you receive these things, people start to say, 
strange things about you. When you're planting seeds, you look like a mad person. They even gave away their house and they are renting. Now even their cars and they have no car. Now even their, you know, they no longer spend as much time with their parents. Then God gives you so many mothers and fathers. All, I am one of those people. I have parents all over the place. People who bring us Christmas gifts every Christmas. Gift my children. Come to check on my children. Grandparents who I never asked for. Amazing ones. I remember that day Moses sat me down on a bench in Africa Hall. and said, I have to tell you the truth. You're too connected to your family. Not in a bad way, for God to use you. I thought it was one of the meanest things I had ever heard. Because you see, I wanted their opinion and their love so badly. But I had become an errand girl. I was always lying, uh, double booking things. If they called me in the middle of a worship session and I had committed, I would leave. They had me. That tearing away took about five years. It was painful. Oh, I lost relationships. But friends, what God has done. He has brought them all back and then extra. God is not trying to trick you into a, an unfair life. He says that he assures you. If you give up a house, he's going to give you a hundred. For the gospel. If you give up brothers, he'll give you a hundred. For the gospel. If you give up homes, he'll give you a hundred. For the gospel. If you whatever it is that you've planted in the seed of the, of the, in the ground of the gospel. He says a hundredfold guaranteed. So if there are some things you've given up that you've been wondering, God, when will the harvest come? Start rejoicing. Write down a hundredfold is coming my way. For all those relationships I lost, for all those houses I gave, for all the money we've given to arise and build. People are there sweating building us houses. Yes, I don't know about you. But as I build the house of God, but yeah, you're in several different countries. Because God can't give me a hundred houses in Uganda. As you put your money here, I want you to know that you're telling God, invest for me in a house. I have a small dream of a house. Invest in the dream you think is better for me. He'll present you something that will make you fall to your knees. That day we got that house and we were rejoicing. God said to me, no, darling, you haven't seen anything yet. Like, don't get too excited. Relax. So I relaxed. What have you given up? And in the age to come, eternal life. How do we die? How do we kill this flesh? Prayer. There are keys in Matthew 6. Prayer, fasting, and generosity. Be obedient to God. God can only use dead men who are willing to give up everything. Give him full access. Because what he has is too big to fit in our small personal plans. He can't fit in your small plan. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on what you think you know. Your good education in finances. Your good education. Your books you've read on marriage. That person who you've calculated 21 are not irrefutable qualities of marriage. You've written them down on a piece of paper. What if they change in one year? What are you going to do with your piece of paper? Until you chose your thing, you sustain it. But you can go to God and say, make a choice for me, Father. When he chooses, he sustains. When he chooses, he disciplines. You go back and say, go amumpa. Deal, Father. And he will deal. But you chose for yourself, tall, darker, handsome, light skinned, hips like this. Then you bring back to the Lord. God can only use 
dead men who are willing to give up everything. The thing is, God is not going to kill you. You have to give it up yourself. He will not kill you. Lord, kill me today. He won't. You have to willingly say, Father, I submit. I give you everything. Show me the areas that are unsubmitted, Father. Teach me. Give me grace. Because it's not by power, nor by might. You can't really do this thing in your strength. But there is grace. Supernatural ability available and enablement. I don't know how many times in the last three months I've been saying, Father, I receive grace for that. I receive grace to be a great mother. I receive grace to give up my life and submit to my... You people, let me read for you a scripture as I close. Because I saw this thing, I said, but God. I think now I'm reading it dangerously in the presence of my husband. But what can I do? I'm dead. Nafa. Nafa. It's okay. Let him hear it. I died. Is it my life? It's not. It's not mine. Is it? It's not. You people. You people. God showed me a scripture at camp. I said, but Lord. Anyway, I died. You listen, you people. Like wives. It seems today there are many wives who had wanted to be emancipated. Chibakute. In like manner, you married women. You who? Be submissive to your own husbands. Subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on them and adapt yourselves to them. So that even if any do not obey the word, this is for both the ones who believe and those who don't, the ones who obey and those who disobey. The one, even if they do not obey the word of God, they may be won over by, not by your discussion. Say praise the Lord. Women, we like to talk and discuss. Not by your discussions, but by the godly lives of their wives. When they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves, <laughs> together with your reverence for them, not for God, your reverence for your husband, listen, you are to feel for him all that reverence includes, colon, to respect him, to defer to him, to revere him, to honor him, to esteem him, to appreciate him, to prize him, and in the human sense, to adore him. I Meanwhile, we are still going. That is to admire, to praise, to be devoted to, to deeply love and enjoy your husband. Let not yours be merely external adorning with elaborate interweaving and noting of hair, like mine. The wearing of jewelry or changes of clothes. You're always buying clothes, but you can't submit. But let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit. By the way, anger is not beautiful. When you're angry, you look ugly, which is not anxious or wrought up, but is very precious in the sight of God. Listen, for it was that that the pious women of old who hoped in God were accustomed to beautify themselves. They didn't beautify themselves with outside things and were submissive to their own husbands, adapting themselves to them as themselves secondary and dependent upon them. It was that that Sarah obeyed Abraham, following his guidance, including when he told her to lie, wow, and acknowledging his headship over her. So we are equal, we are equal, no, he's the head. You are not equal. Mm -hmm. I am shaking the table. Calling him Lord. Calling him Lord, Master, Leader, Authority, 
and you are now her true daughters if you do right and let nothing terrify you. Not giving way to hysterical fears or letting anxieties like some which are in your heart right now. Choka, even the man is here. We had a very important discussion which I was hoping to manipulate him into tonight. Now you're undoing it. Those are anxieties coming from the pit of hell. Don't be anxious. God is stronger. God can resolve that issue without your intervention. Just call him Lord. Call him Master. And don't go home and be sarcastic. Lord. Auntie Lord. Now, husbands, please go and behave yourselves at home. You people, we are dead. There is no, there is no faith without total surrender. Fear of surrender is rooted in lack of trust in God and lack of knowledge in God. What do you need to surrender today? Is it your finances? Is it your relationships? Is it your tongue? Is it your fear for authority? Especially spiritual authority. Is it your spouse? Is it your entertainment that you're watching in your privacy that is allowing your soul to be contaminated? Is, you know there are some of us who shouldn't be watching television. There's a time God told me no movies for two years. Yeah, because it had become a problem. Drink, some of you, you know, that in your lineage people were killed by alcoholism. You can't be among those who enjoy wine. I'm one of those. I cannot touch wine. Not, I'm not telling you not to do it. But ask God, should I be taking wine? If he says no, stop it. It's not cute. You can be cute with juice. Oh! The world has over-infiltrated us, but today we draw a line in the sand. We will not sacrifice the kingdom of God locked up on the inside of us for small insignificant lives that the world has said are significant. Why don't you get up on your feet right now? I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Summon series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.